0: In the Warner Home, um, we love giving and receiving gifts, and uh, it doesn't matter if it's a birthday, it doesn't matter if it's Christmas, it doesn't matter if it's Valentine's Day, uh, we will take advantage of any opportunity to to give gifts. Um, in fact, in two weeks, what's coming up? Father's Day. <coughs> Headphones. Uh, no. um, but we, we're all about gifts. And uh, over... <laughs> Over the years, we've even in our home, we've some of you have probably done this too in your homes if you've got kids, we, we have this gift-giving game where we will, everybody gets in a circle and you pass around, the, you put the music on and you pass around the gifts and then the music stops and whatever gift the birthday girl or boy is holding, that's the gift that they open for that, that moment. But we love, we love gifts. And um, as I was preparing for this morning's sermon, I was thinking back over the years of gift-giving in my home, and trying to recall if there was ever a time that somebody wasn't excited about opening a gift. And I can say for certain that that's never happened. Never happened. Now, there have been plenty of times where one of our kids, especially when they're younger, two or three, whatever, they don't really understand the etiquette around receiving gifts, where they maybe have opened a gift and it's very clear on their face that they just do not like this gift at all. Um, We've had lots of those kind of moments, but we've never had somebody have a gift there that's wrapped, and they've declined the gift. They're like, no, I just, I don't want to open the gift, which is a pretty good thing because it's a, a general rule of thumb that it's actually rude to decline a gift. If someone wants to give you a gift to decline, that is not not super cool. But we love gifts, and um, even in those situations where maybe a declining a gift that you've opened is, is acceptable, you know, there's, there, there are some situations where that is acceptable. Maybe someone just goes way over the top and gives you this way extravagant gift, um, uh, and you kind of maybe get the sense that this gift has some strings attached, um, I think in my home we'd be like, no, I'll take it anyway and just deal with the repercussions later on. We love gifts. Love opening gifts. The God that we serve is a God who is all about gifts. He's a v- very generous God. He gave, like we just remembered, He, he gave the greatest gift that has ever been given, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that He gave His Son so that you and I wouldn't have to perish, so that you and I wouldn't have to go through life struggling on our own, but no, He gave His Son so that we could know eternal life. And, and then there's all the other gifts that God gives. The beautiful area that we get to call home, nestled between the North Cascades and the Sailor Sea, um, it's a gift, uh, the, the, the family that you were born into With all of the good and all the bad it's, it's a gift Your job, a gift Your school, um, the teachers that teach A gift In fact, the Bible puts it like this When it comes to gifts Every good and perfect gift Is from above Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights Who does not change Like shifting shadows Every good and perfect thing you have going on in your life right now is a gift that has its source in God. Everything. You might think that that education, that paycheck, that home, that car, that special skill or talent that you have is just a product of your hard work or just a product of the family that you were born into, background. You could think that, but you would be missing the much bigger story of what is going on in your life. And... and. And, and that is that it, it all has its source. That good thing that you have is a gift that has its source in God in heaven, who is good, who is faithful, who is compassionate, and who, at the end of the day, is unchanging in his generosity. He loves to give, loves to give. We're in this series right now, and we're we're looking at the Holy Spirit. And in this series, we've been looking at a few different things about the Holy Spirit. We've learned from Scripture that he is he he's the third person of the Trinity. We've learned that He's a person, He's not an it, He's not a presence, He's not some kind of Jedi force that's out there, He's a person. And you know what else He is? He's another one of the incredible gifts that the Father gives. In fact, on one occasion, Jesus, He wanted to help us see how much greater the Father's generosity was than ours, and listen to what He said about the Holy Spirit while He was doing this. He said, in Luke eleven eleven, he says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? There is no comparison between our gift-giving and, and God's gift-giving. We might give a child a new Lego set or a new PS4 or an American Girl doll. Maybe you buy your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your spouse some new perfume or cologne. Uh, if you've got a lot of money, maybe it's a, it's a beach vacation or a new car. And as good as all these gifts might be, they don't hold a candle to God's gift giving. He says, if you ask, I'll give. In fact, I will even give you and fill you with my Holy Spirit, he says. And that moment that we ask, God Almighty gives us the Holy Spirit, not just for a moment, but the Bible talks about how His Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us, dwells inside of our hearts. And He's a gift given to us by our generous Heavenly Father. But the gift-giving doesn't stop the moment that the Holy Spirit fills us. You see, the Holy Spirit... Who himself is God, which means he has the nature of God and the character of God. And it also means he has the generosity of God. The Holy Spirit, when he comes and fills us, guess what he comes with? Gifts. He comes with gifts. Lots of them. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, and we're going to be actually hanging out in these two chapters a lot this morning. But listen to what 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says. It says, Now, about the gifts of the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes distributes them. So just like the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit loves to give gifts. And, And we just cannot do a sermon series on the Holy Spirit without talking about the gifts that the Holy Spirit comes to bring. Um, There are are three entire chapters of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, that are really all about the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. And and then you you read through the New Testament, and especially after John 14, where Jesus talks about how he's going to give the Holy Spirit, you read throughout the rest of the New Testament, and over and over and over again, you're going to see the Holy Spirit described as a gift. You're going to see this phrase, the gift of the Spirit the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's everywhere. And and He gives all these these gifts. And uh, they're mentioned all over the place. In in Romans 12, 6, it says this, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. 1 Corinthians 7, 7 says, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Um, Down in 1 Peter 4, 10, it says, each of you should use whatever gift You have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. The Holy Spirit has all kinds of gifts that he he gives. And Paul, as he's writing to the church of Corinth, he says something that's just as important for us today. Um, He says this, that we we just read this. He says about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed saying, I don't want you to be in a place where you just don't know what's, what's going on with these gifts. And he's saying you need to know about these gifts and not just know that they're real and, and not just know that they're for, for you, but you need to know what they are, you need to know how they work, all this kind of stuff. And the reason that it, it's just as important for us today to be uninformed about the gifts is that there's a problem in the church today and that problem is that we are uninformed to a large extent about the gifts and, and the biggest reason that we're uninformed Is because we a lot of times Are like, like, like someone who's offered all kinds of gifts On a birthday or at Christmas And rather than receive them, we refuse And we're like, no, I would, I'm okay with leaving those gifts over there Now why would we do that? Especially when you consider who God is. When you consider the, the heart of God, you consider that God is good. In everything we just sang about, he's faithful. He's, he's, he's about us being free. He's about us knowing him. He's about life and life to the full. If this is the character of God, then why, when he comes bearing gifts, why would we refuse? Why would we go, eh, maybe not? Why would we be at least apprehensive? About receiving gifts from Him There's, there's some, some reasons for this And the reasons are very similar to the reasons That we looked at in week 1 and 2 Around why we kind of push the Holy Spirit to the side And maybe put the Holy Spirit in a box A lot of the same reasons we do that Are the same reasons that we say no to the gifts One of them is that we just doubt Whether or not the gifts are really for today And uh, maybe you've prayed for someone You've heard about the gift of healing and you go, but I don't know if I've ever seen somebody actually get healed. Or maybe you yourself have prayed that someone would be healed and they, they weren't healed. Or maybe you've even have gone into your, your, your Bible. You, maybe you've gone online. You've tried to do some study around the gifts. And, and you, you've come across stuff where guys are saying that the gifts aren't even for today. And so it, it can bring to you to a place of doubt. Another reason that we reject the gifts is, is seeing the gifts abused and mishandled. And you maybe have seen this on TV, and you've, you've just seen that they have been treated in a way that just, you just, just doesn't sit right with you. And so then you just go, okay, I'm just going to put that to the side, and you just kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. Another reason that we reject them or are apprehensive about the gifts is fear of looking or sounding like you're crazy. Um, there have been a lot of people over the years that have given the gifts just a really bad name, both in the church and outside the church. In fact, Hollywood right now is in the process of putting the final touches on a movie that's going to come out this fall that is just going to highlight charismatic leaders over the last 20 years who have fallen really hard, and I can almost guarantee you that they're going to make gifts of the Spirit in crazy synonymous, because that's just... How they work But all this has happened And as a result of all these reasons We either flat out decline the gifts Or we're just very apprehensive About the gifts that the spirit wants to bring And what I believe God is asking of us today Is to simply trust him And believe that not only does Every good and perfect gift Come from him But also to believe That every gift that does come from him is good and perfect because when it comes to the gifts of the spirit a lot of times we go i don't know if those gifts are good and perfect but i think what god is asking of us today is just to come before him with with simple childlike trust and faith and go okay god if this is a gift that you want to give to the church god i'm going to trust that it is good and that it is perfect There's a verse in the Bible that goes like this. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. This is Ephesians 4.30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And there's all kinds of different ways that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. But I wonder if one of them is declining the gifts that He gives. I was trying to imagine this week what it would be like if... Let's just use Father's Day because it's coming up in two weeks. But what if on Father's Day, my family, my, my kids... They decide they're going to go all out. This Father's Day, they're just, they, they, have, they have all these gifts that they want to give their, their dad. And Father's Day comes along, and it's all the gifts that they've, they've spent all their hard-earned money getting for dad. It's all those gifts are there. I just decline them. And I'm kind of like, no, I don't really believe that those gifts you guys have for me are, I don't really think they're going to be good for me. So I'm just going to flat-out decline them. I don't think my kids would be mad. I don't think they'd be angry. I think they'd be grieved in that situation. And sometimes I wonder if that's not how it works in the church when it comes to the way that we sometimes respond and treat the gifts of the Spirit. If when we, we, we decline them, if it doesn't grieve the Holy Spirit, if it doesn't grieve Him. And, and yet this happens, and what God, I believe, is asking for us to do today is to simply start with, okay, God, this is who you are, and I believe this is who you are, I believe that you're good. So God, rather than start in a position of skepticism and doubt and cynicism, all that kind of stuff, God, I'm going to start in a position of trust. And so we're going to actually, this week and next week, we're going to have like a part one, part two on the gifts of the Spirit. Next week, we're going to really get into what the gifts are and what the— what. What, what they're all about But today what I want to do is just kind of Let the Word of God inform us We don't want to be uninformed but to Let the Word of God inform us About the gifts And so some things to know about the gifts of the Spirit Number one, you can't earn the gifts If you could earn the gifts Guess what? They would no longer be called gifts They would be called wages Because you earn them But you don't earn a gift which is what makes it a gift Um, the word for gifts in the bible so the bible the new testament was written in the greek language and sometimes it's good to go back to the greek language to kind of understand what they were really getting at with some of the words well the word for gifts is the is the word charisma and that word charisma comes from the word charis charis is a word that means grace and these gifts are all about the grace of god just like the grace of God that freely gives us and freely offers us salvation, um, the, the, the gifts are freely given to those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus. They are evidence of God's grace in your life. There's this verse that we, we, we just read in 1 Peter 4.10. I want to come back to this. It says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's what? of God's grace in its various forms. You don't earn the gifts, you receive the gifts. Um, Second thing is this, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a gift or gifts, but you have one of these gifts of the Spirit. That verse that we just read, it makes this really clear, it says each of you should use whatever gift you've received, you've been given a gift, if only some had gifts, that verse would be... Worded a little bit differently It would say something on the lines of Those of you who have been given a gift Should use whatever gift you've received It doesn't say that though it says, it says each of you should use whatever gift You have received to serve others Over in 1 Corinthians twelve eleven, It says all of these gifts Are the work of one and the same spirit And he distributes them to some No it says he distributes them to each one Just as he determines We are all given A gift some kind of supernatural Holy Spirit anointed, empowered gift. Your follower of Jesus, the, when he comes and makes his home inside of you, he gives you a gift. And like we just read, he gives these gifts as he determines. This passage in 1 Corinthians 12, it goes on to talk about the, the, the church some more and it compares the church to the human body and it talks about how every part of the body both the parts you can see and the parts that you can't see, they're all there for a purpose. They all have a reason. Your eyes make it so that you can see. Your heart, which you can't see, makes it so you can pump blood. But every part of your body, even your baby toe, which is there to help you have balance, it all has a purpose. It all has a reason for, for being there. And it's the same thing in the church. Everyone has a role. It's never been God's plan for the church Contrary to what you see in much of the western church That only a few people with a few of the gifts would be operating in those gifts He wants his entire church to be on mission All of us Not just the the paid staff or the seasoned veterans of the church It is a huge, huge misconception in the church That only a few individuals have the necessary gifts for building the church So not true Everybody has a gift and a role in the body of Christ. And next we see this. Number three, the gifts are given primarily to, to help you serve others, especially your local church family. You've been given a gift. You don't earn it. You're, you're given this gift, and you're given this gift as a way to serve others, especially your local church family. 1 Corinthians twelve seven it says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. 1 Corinthians 14, 26, What then shall I say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or word of instruction or revelation, a tongue, an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. So these gifts are given so that we can serve one another, so the church can can be built up. And although the the gifts will benefit the person who has the gift in in certain ways, they are primarily given for the purpose of of serving others. And when the church begins to forget this, they will inevitably begin to turn the gifts of the Spirit into something that they were never intended to be. It happens every time. Um, They become a spiritual contest where some people see some gifts as being more important than the other gifts or a spiritual contest, and that people begin to think, oh, if I have this gift, then that means that I'm more mature in my faith. No, the gifts, uh, they're, they're not about my interest. They're about serving the interest of others. But here's the thing. Gifts do not equal spiritual maturity. They don't. In fact, you can be the most spiritually gifted person in some of the most extraordinary ways, while at the same time being very, very immature in your faith. You see, spiritual maturity is not measured by giftedness, but by character. Did you catch that? Spiritual maturity is not measured by giftedness. It is measured by character. If you really want to know whether or not you're growing in your faith, you need to look at the character that is growing in your life. You need to look at, at, at the kind of fruit that's coming up. Is it the fruit that we talked about last week in Galatians 5.20 where it's, you got love and joy and peace and patience, kindness. All these are growing in your life. If you want to know if you're growing in your faith, look at the fruit, not at the giftedness. But even among the fruit, there, there's one that stands out as being the greatest indicator of spiritual maturity. And that, that, that fruit is love. And Jesus said it like this In the two commands that he gave He said these are the two greatest commandments Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength And love your neighbor as yourself If you, if you really want to be able to measure Where you're at in your, your, your walk with Christ And whether or not you're growing Look at the, the, the amount of love that there is in your life But here's the thing It is possible to have incredible spiritual gifts And be entirely lacking in love It's It's possible and in order to get this point across loud and clear, God in His sovereignty, as He's planning out the Bible and putting the Bible in place, in First Corinthians twelve you have the whole thing just being all about spiritual gifts, and then in First Corinthians fourteen you have that being all about the spiritual gifts, and then what is sandwiched right in between First Corinthians twelve and fourteen? First, First Corinthians thirteen, and and how does 1 Corinthians 13 start. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains. So this is like, this, this is describing an incredibly gifted person. I mean, faith that you say to Baker, be moved, and it's gone? The Bible says you can have that kind of faith. But if I have not love, I am I'm nothing. Selfless, unconditional love for God and others is the height of spiritual maturity, not your spiritual giftedness. Did you catch that? Selfless, unconditional love for God and others is the height of spiritual maturity, not your spiritual giftedness. And if, as a church, we want to be about the gifts of the Spirit and not push them to the side, but we want to hold them in the right the the, the right perspective we want to hold them in the right place we have to keep this in mind because as soon as you get off track and, and you make it about the gifts being about your own interest and about you they just get all out of balance love for god is what we're is what we're after the gifts were never meant to be the end in and of themselves because it's not about the gifts they are simply a means They are a tool that you've been given to do what? To help you accomplish the goal of loving other people well. That's why they're there. They're not there primarily for you. Although, yes, there's a blessing whenever you you, you live your life, as God has wired and designed you and called you to live your life, There's, there's always a blessing that comes with that. But the gifts are there primarily to help you love other people well. And as far as some gifts being more important than others, it's, it's not about who can do what. Some of the gifts are upfront gifts like teaching and leading. Others are behind-the-scenes gift, gifts like, like wisdom or using a prayer language in your closet. Um, they all have equal importance. And to drive this point home, the Bible says this in Romans 12, 3. It says, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Just because you teach in front of people... Or just because you have a special gift for encouraging Or just because you, you, you are able to hear God in a way that maybe others don't Or just because you pray for someone who's sick and they get well Doesn't mean that you're more spiritual or better than others The gifts aren't about you, they are, they are given so that you might serve other people well And in light of this So when you, you understand all this, how gifts are not about me primarily, they're about serving others, and about me loving other people well, in light of all this, um, and how, how they're about the, building other people up, in light of this, number four, it's, a, it's good to desire the gifts in your life. It's good to desire the gifts. Now, when it comes to gifts, you know, if it's Christmas time, and your, your kids have just unwrapped They've got presents coming out of their, ear, their ears and they're still desiring more gifts. Not a good thing to be desiring gifts in that moment. You're like, hey, we've got to get some perspective here, kids. But when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, it's, it's good to desire gifts. In fact, listen to 1 Corinthians 14.1. It says, pursue love, there's love again, and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that, that you may prophesy This is one situation in life where it is okay to want more gifts. But here where the gifts are operating and being used out of love for others, they're they're building other people up. It's it's good, God says. You know, often though, instead of desiring the gifts, we'll maybe half-heartedly say things like, um, yeah, I'm open to the gifts. Or maybe you've heard this one, seek the giver, not the gifts. You know, the first statement, sometimes that's just used as a, as a cop-out, maybe because we're apprehensive or maybe because we don't understand, and so we just kind of use that as a cop, cop-out. Yeah, I'm, I'm open to the gifts. But the second statement, yeah, desire the giver but, but not the gifts, that's actually only half true. Yes, we're supposed to seek Jesus first and foremost. We're supposed to seek His kingdom first above all other things. But like we just read, we're also instructed to desire and to seek the gifts. You see, you and I, as as part of the church, we've been given a big job to do. I don't know if you know this or not, but if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you have been given a very big job to do. The job that you've been given is nothing short of seeing the, the, the men and the women and the other kids and students in your life... To see their lives transformed And changed To see see them Just set free You've been given a huge job See broken hearts healed And if we think that we can do all of that In our own ability If we think we can do all of that In our own natural giftedness We are deceiving ourselves Our job is a God sized job And we need the Holy Spirit's empowerment We need the Holy Spirit's gifts In order to accomplish this job and, and Jesus knew this. And in his, in his humanity, he knew that he needed the Holy Spirit to accomplish the task at hand. And so at the very outset of his ministry, he says this. He declares, "...the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to declare or proclaim the year of the Lord's favor." Who was on Him? The Holy Spirit. And what did the Holy Spirit do? He anointed Him, or you could say empowered Him, with the ability to preach and to teach and to heal and to serve and to do a host of other Spirit-empowered activities. You see, without the Holy Spirit's gifts, without the Holy Spirit's anointing in your life, instead of transformational preaching and teaching, you have TED Talks. Now, I love TED Talks, but a TED Talk is it's informative, it's interesting, but, but transformational on an eternal scale. Without the Spirit's gifts, instead of people being healed and set free, you have people that are stuck trying really hard to battle addiction and to battle fear and to battle worry all on their own strength while getting discouraged and frustrated along the way. Instead of the church moving and working in a spirit of faith and expectancy, you have just another human organization using humanistic leadership skills to build a nice organization. Unless you have the Holy Spirit's power and gifts and anointing working in your life. But when you have the Holy Spirit... And you're operating the gifts that he gives You have a people whose lives are dependent on the Holy Spirit And as a result are able to accomplish far more for the kingdom of God than they ever thought possible You have a people who can say with the Apostle Paul My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words But with a demonstration of the Spirit's power So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom But on God's power That's what happens When you have the Holy Spirit working in and through your life It goes from just ordinary to extraordinary It goes from something that you can accomplish in your own strength To something that can only be accomplished in God's strength It goes from being all about you and your own natural giftedness And your own natural skills to being, okay, no, this is all about God This is something that God is doing This is something that God has done That's what happens when you begin work and move in the power of the holy spirit and what does it look like to desire the gifts you know if i'm supposed to desire the gifts the bible says desire the gifts what does that what does that even really look like well i think like i said earlier on i think god is asking us to just begin by trusting him to begin with trust simple childlike trust to go okay god you're good. I believe you're good. And if you say that these gifts are from you, if you say that these are gonna build your church and and help us grow and become like you, and if they're gonna bring healing and freedom and life and all these things, He's asking us to go just simply start with trust. God, I'm gonna trust you. You trust God, and and you trust Him not just enough to say yeah I'm open to the gifts but you trust him enough to say God I desire the gifts God I I want the gifts in my life God Holy Spirit whatever you want to give me whatever gift you have for me I'm open to that gift I'm open to that gift and as we wrap up this morning what what I would just would love for you to do this morning is just have a, a moment with God, have a moment with the Holy Spirit. He's here in this place, and just allow Him just to kind of run His finger through your heart, and and allow Him to show you where you're at when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. And maybe you're going, ha, ah, I'm super apprehensive. Apprehensive. I've rich. I've seen stuff. Just very apprehensive Well, hey, tell him that It's not like he's standing here Full of judgment and condemnation There has been some crazy abuse that has happened around the gifts of the Spirit In the last however many years God understands that And so, rather than stay in that place though Why not share that with him? And say, Lord, here's what's going on in my life. I just want to confess, Lord, I've been very apprehensive, and I I have intentionally kept gifts at an arm's length. In fact, Lord, this whole series right now that we're going through is making me uncomfortable and nervous. Tell him that. He's a good father, and he knows that already. He knows you're feeling that way. So why not just confess that and, and have him help you and walk alongside of you? And, and, and it helped you move from doubt to, to, to trust. Maybe for some of you, maybe, maybe what's been going on in you is, is, is you know how you've been gifted. You know that there's something that, that is a part of you that you just can't even really wrap your mind around it. But, but you know there's some gifts that, that the Holy Spirit has given you, but you have put those on the shelf. For whatever reason. I don't know if it's apprehension, maybe it's fear, maybe it's just simply not knowing what to do with that. And maybe for you this morning, that's you going, Kate, God, after everything that I, I, I hear you saying through your word, Lord, I want to I begin to operate in that. I don't even know, Lord, what that looks like, but, but maybe your prayer this morning is, God, this, let this be a new day. Lord, help me to, 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 to let your Holy Spirit work through these gifts that you placed in my life. Maybe for somebody else, maybe as we're talking about your life not just being about you, but about serving others, you're going, no, my life has been all about me. And maybe today God is saying, no, it's time to, it's time to change. I got some good things that I want to do in your family, in your workplace, in your school, in your city. I got some amazing things I want to do through your life. And for you, it's going, okay, God, come and, and, and work through me. God, God, I'm available. So as we pray this morning, um, I just encourage you to, to let, let God speak to you. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much that you are a God that loves to give, give, give gifts. How awesome is that, that our Heavenly Father is so generous, so generous. You're so good in every, in every way. God, even just the fact that we get to be here, God, over the last hour and a bit and sing together together have this awesome worship team lead us. Be, be here with our church family, lifting our voices to you. God, what a gift, God, this last hour and a bit has been. God, you're just so, so good. And Lord, I ask, Lord, that, that Jesus, when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that, that God, we would see them as gifts. Lord, I know there's got different different places in this room that everybody's at when it comes to the gifts. Lord, I pray that wherever we're at, whether that's doubt, whether that's maybe just has been outright rejection, maybe it's been more along the lines of just a little apprehensive. Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us all to move to a place of seeing the gifts of the Spirit as gifts, something that's good, something that, that our Father in heaven wants to give us as a way not just to show us that he loves us but as a way to show us that that he loves those around us and a way to show us that we have a unique purpose and role in blessing and serving those that that you've placed in our lives and so father i pray lord god that we would be a, a people that desires the gifts i pray lord that we would be a people that does not fear the gifts, but God, we see them as, as such a good thing that we we desire them. Any of them. God, we desire them in, in our lives. And then God, may we be a church. God, I I I desperately pray that Lord, we would be a church. God, that like Paul says, God, he recognizes that he has this, yeah, he can teach, and yeah, he knows some things, but 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 he he, he comes along and he says, My teaching is not it's not about the wise, it's not about persuasive words. It's about a demonstration of the Spirit's power that that your, your faith might not rest on man, but that your your faith will rest on God's power. God, may we be that kind of a church where God, where people are are coming to faith in you, God, where their lives are being changed and transformed. And, and it's not because of us, God, it's because of your Holy Spirit's power. Working in and through us, God, may there be an anointing on this church, God, the same kind of anointing that was on you, Jesus, when you walked this earth. God, this anointing to preach the good news, this anointing to see captives set free, this anointing to see the broken healed, this anointing to see lives transformed and changed around us, whether that be in our schools, our workplaces, our families, God, wherever it is that you lead us. God, may there be an anointing on our lives, just like you put on Jesus, because the same Holy Spirit that was on Jesus, is the same Holy Spirit that fills us. So Lord, help us, empower us to walk in the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Hey, why don't you stand with us?